1: the agenda agenda
0: one
1: very good afternoon sam how are you
0: i'm great mate absolutely fizzing your weekend would?
1: uh very similar to yours daughter had dance recital on saturday she did cinderella she did it was like three or four uh, three dances for that uh, she did great she's amazing uh, and um, it was quite a good show actually, was was highly impressed and uh, so she had two shows of that, was busy all day uh, and then yesterday spent about two weeks wages on my son's birthday at Time Zone in Henderson so uh, yeah, mm. they don't they don't warn you about this when you become a parent about the cost.
0: No, that's, it, there's, there's a lot they don't warn you about, um, because if they did, um, there would be a severe um, downtake for some, but I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but honestly, the pricing, the moment that places like Time Zone and that worked out, hang on, we could do birthday parties here, must have yeah. reinvented, absolutely reinvented their business model. Because
1: $18 for a burger that had no cheese in it. I mean, come <laughs> on. man.
0: <laughs> did, did, it, did it say it was a cheeseburger? Though? It, it was
1: an Angus Deluxe Burger. The uh, deluxe well, part see, was The deluxe part was the lettuce leaves.
0: Oh, <laughs> Super, super super, fancy. Super fancy. Come That's on, really Time
1: Zone. $6 frozen Coke. Who are you kidding, Time Zone? <laughs> Do Six better.
0: frozen Coke. Oh, they got you good, mate. Do better. They saw you coming. They saw you coming. Yeah.
1: Do you know what is addictive is those those like claw things where you pull out the tickets and you can get like 1,200, 600 tickets or whatever. Like yep. Um, I was on fire yesterday, let me tell you. I pulled out about 3,000 points worth of tickets. So uh, the kids benefit in that with all the cameras. Andy that they ended up getting uh, so yeah good times for them that's all I can say
0: it is like it's honestly being a kid has never been better surely? No. I mean I know, I know there's uh, pressures that come with uh, with social media things we didn't have we had it pretty easy We you know just go outside and play all day wait mm. till it got dark and came inside so yeah I know but as far as uh, you know Jesus it's it's the pampered generation and I blame the parents very the pampered
1: that is, by the way, not agenda one. So agenda one, Sam. Um, thank agenda you. Agenda one. Cheers. Uh, the Ratchin Ravindra debate. How is this a debate? Should they pick him? And if yes, who drops out?
0: Of course, they should have picked him. They, they should have picked him for the first game. You can't. You, there's no argument anyone can give me for not having uh, Ratchin Ravindra in any New Zealand team across any discipline right now. He, needs, he would have to earn his way out from where he is. In my opinion, he brings uh, too much to the table. Uh, I would have picked him ahead of Glenn Phillips to start with. I think Glenn Phillips added um, enough to that test to say that he deserves a spot. So to me, that puts Henry Nichols under the pump. Uh, and I'm, I'm not one of those guys that likes to put the boot in Henry Nichols. I know there's... Large list of people that don't uh, that you know think he should be out of the team. I, I think he's a good cricketer who's given a lot to New Zealand. Um, I don't think it's the end of the road for him, but I think he's going to drop out. I think you need to um, mm. to bring him in here.
1: Oh, on that, uh, a couple of sort of murmurs around the office—not murmurs, just a general discussion. I was talking to the uh, mornings with Smithy Boys before they headed off, and the name Tom Latham came up as a potential. And I'm like, let's. Lads, we're talking about the greatest opener in the history of New Zealand Test cricket, certainly by, uh, stats wise. Yeah, he's having a bit of a lean run, but, uh, you know, and I know that he looked all out of, all out of place uh, in the second test, but uh, class is permanent, as they say, and um, I will have some interesting stats about Henry Nichols. I just think for me, it's as simple as Henry Nichols or Rashid Ravindra, that's who you're picking between.
0: And I think as well having uh, another spin uh, option because I don't think our spinners really uh, nailed it. And as was uh, well uh, eloquently put by Ian Smith, uh, who else earlier on uh, today on S N Z, our spin bowlers are at are out of practice. They don't get exposed enough yeah. to this level, so you can't, you can't expect them to suddenly come in from a, a cold start and uh, and dominate. So uh, you've got to back them through other scenarios. I, I maintain if they if they can make it through into the New Zealand team by bowling in New Zealand conditions to be selected for the national team, they shouldn't say, oh, well, these aren't spin-friendly conditions. Correct. Well, come on. I and mean, You don't have to pick five spinners, but you do need to give these guys opportunities. Right. So, look, R- Ravindra has to play. I can't see any uh, avenue when you lose Uh, as thoroughly like that to uh, Bangladesh when you're trying to salvage a series to make sure you don't lose a series to Bangladesh uh, to start this World Test Championship cycle and not to mention uh, put themselves as the first major tier team to uh, really be hit with that.
1: The only other selection dilemma is does Mitchell Satner play uh, Sam and potentially do you just play the one paceman so uh, because Satner under those conditions he's the sort of bowler that that can bowl straight you know so uh, we'll see how that plays out in about 48 hours time we should have a black cap on the show tomorrow at around five o'clock agenda two so, uh, spoiler alert, Bowden Barrett was in the New Zealand rugby offices last week, I think about around Wednesday or Thursday, was probably signing his contract at the time, uh, New Zealand Rugby, of course, in SCNZ share building. Uh, so the question around Bowden Barrett and Agenda 2. To,
0: uh, to collect all the things he needs um, and, and financially to... A hundy. So, so, I, don't, I don't think banks hold enough money for the <laughs> anymore.
1: So the Bowden Barrett situation, I look at this, and there really are no losers in this situation. The Blues win. New Zealand rugby wins, Super Rugby wins, Razor Robertson wins, and the All Blacks win. It's a win-win.
0: Yep, uh, <clears throat> Stephen Perifoto might argue um, that, that he loses um, It's an opportunity
1: play better for him to,
0: to grab a, a New Zealand uh, the Blues team end up um, by the scruff of the neck, make it make it his. He's obviously got that uh, for this season, absolutely. Before. Uh, Competition back,
1: breeds look, performance, though, yeah. It
0: it it does, and you know it's the same thing. Damien McKenzie um, may have maybe uh, losing the time in the number ten jersey for the All Blacks that he thought he'd lined up, but look, he's not going to complain about needing to earn a spot. Those aren't. That's not what players do. But um, look, I, there's no there's no downside. I look forward to the text telling me otherwise. Um, those who aren't fans of Bowden Barrett, and we've seen it. now. For those who aren't fans of the Bowden Barrett, we've seen in the last few years. A lot of great minds and a lot of experts will point out that the game plan is not suited Bowdoin Barrett. Now, do you believe that a game plan put together by Scott Robertson and his crew will play to his strengths more than the previous model? If you do, then you can't have any complaints. If you think that you a spent force, well... I look forward to seeing what you think over the next four years.
1: I'm reasonably comfortable to stand on a mountaintop here and shout from the hills that I think this decision had a lot of Razor Robertson in it because he's protecting he's protecting his his investment, which is basically his investment of himself and being the All Blacks coach and he knows that losing a quality player who was just starting to come into his own as an all-black and Richie Moonger, he needed a guy like Bowden Barrett there to put pressure on Damian McKenzie and a reliable head for him to call on in a year when he's going to be without some really big names, Sam.
0: Do you think that he ever asked Richie about reconsidering? Do you think he ever went to Moonger and said, tell you what, I'm the all-blacks coach now. How about taking uh, one or two years of that deal then
1: coming back. I, I don't know about Richie. I know that he had a chat with Leicester Anuku. He came out and said that. As a matter of fact, uh, the day after Fanganuku announced as he was leaving, he did say that he'd had a chat to Leicester and said, look, man, I think your best year is ahead of you. I think it'd be well worth staying. And that's when he sort of mentioned that, you know, Leicester's only committed two years of his life to this French deal and then we'll see what happens. So I would imagine those conversations happen, Sam. I imagine those conversations happen for sure. Agenda 3. This is one that is especially for you but also for Warriors fans out there and this news just came out literally a couple of hours ago, so new in fact that when I told Sam he had no idea about it and was very, very happy. Toru Harris has committed to the Warriors through 2025, the big fella signing an extension to his contract today. Uh, so simple question Sam, what does this mean to the Warriors, the club?
0: It's tough. What it means to the Warriors. This is my this is my Christmas present. I'm, I'm sorted. That's all I needed. Thank you, Santa. Um, pretty pretty close to being like. If you want to throw in a, uh, a few other. Um, big deals uh, that I've got in my mind, which I, I, I dare not say in public, then uh, go for it, absolutely. But this is a massive, massive signing. So the Warriors now, we, off, we know about the season they've had, and we know that ex- expectations will be ramped up next year. We've talked about uh, on this show and, and others who know Rugby League have, could this be the start of a new era of confidence and a, a more re- regular season of success uh, under their belts as well. If that is to be the case, the concept of losing Sean Johnson, Adam Finua-Blake, and Tohu Harris at the end of the uh, coming season, 2024, would have actually meant it's quite a generational turnover, and those are three players uh, that are going to take a lot out of them. And yes, you can replace them, but as far as where they are now, having that continuity of Tohu Harris for another year is monumental, in my opinion. I, when they were talking about Kirk Capewell, I was thinking, well, maybe Capewell could be filling in the role that Tohu Harris does for that, uh, in that that setup. So uh, it's huge. He has never let New Zealand down not ever, Uh, not the Warriors, not the Kiwis, he's a phenomenon, Uh, and you talk to players, he is adored. I put him in the Simon Mannering category, and I don't put anyone in the Simon Mannering category. He is, if you know me, that's as big a as I can pay a guy, and so I'm absolutely thrilled. It is amazing. What are your thoughts? Tohu Harris, a Warrior for another year beyond next season.